0: Publishing a book is a victory, but it's not the end. After you sweep up the confetti and wash the champagne flutes, what's next? Authoring Onward is the podcast about those steps after your first publication, going from published author to having a long-term writing career. And that has no clear endpoints and plenty of ups and downs. But telling stories for the long term is so, so worth it sit back, listen, and together, let's author onward. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Authoring Onward. I'm Connie B. Dowell, and today is the last episode for 2022 of Authoring Onward. Um, I've got lots of great guests, um, lined up for 2023. But after a long season of recording and producing these episodes, it's time for a little break. So we'll have a little holiday break, regroup in early 2023, start getting things recorded. And so expect some new episodes, maybe in February. I don't know, maybe January, we'll just see how our schedules work out. But early 2023, will come back with a new season of episodes. But um, today I have an episode I have been waiting to share with you guys for a long time. I've got um, on, an author buddy of mine, Michelle Knott, on to talk about a lot of different things, um, including her new picture book that just released yesterday, Teddy Let's Go, um, and The Journey to Publication, and, what are often called in the children's book world, quiet books. Um, And you might be wondering, what does it mean for your book to be quiet? And why that's a thing that even matters in children's book publishing, that for a long time, authors were told that their books were too quiet and now quiet books are having a bit of a moment. So we talk about quiet books, we talk about um, the kind of long circuitous route that one's publishing career can take and about why you can't really chase a trend um, unless you are a, a very, very fast writer and you self-publish, but even then, if you don't, if your heart's not in the trend, don't chase the trend. It really does show um, to readers. But the lovely thing is that trends they come and go, and so while quiet books were on the out for a while, eventually quiet books begin to have their moment again. So keep writing those passions, chase those passions, not a trend, and when the trend and the passions align. You are ready for that magic moment. So I hope you enjoy the conversation ahead. Um, We have a ton of announcements. I'm going to try and save some of that for the end of the episode because Joy and I have a bunch of stuff that's gone on as well. And I hope you enjoy all of it. So today on the podcast, we are talking to Michelle Not. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Michelle. Oh, thank you, Connie and Joy, for having me. It's a pleasure. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Joy. Yeah. Well, um, Michelle is coming on to talk about a number of different things. But I'd love to hear um, you tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself, your writing, and your upcoming release, um, which will be released when this podcast comes out. Teddy, let's go.
1: Okay uh, thank you. So um, the story behind the story of Teddy let's go. Um, I wrote this originally when my children were about five six years old, just as a nice bedtime story. Uh, and then I spent years making it better and learning more about the craft of writing and and for children. So it's been through a lot of revisions. Um, and then I started querying a few years after that. And I often got the response that it was a lovely story, but too quiet. And after hearing that so many times, I just put that manuscript away and started writing something else. Um, then luckily, a few years ago, I came across an agent who loves quiet stories, Essie White at Storm Literary. And so, um, she took it on, she signed it, and it's releasing now this year, and my, those five, six-year-old daughters are now in college, <laughs> and get to have the book in their dorm room. Yeah.
0: What's a
2: quiet, um, what do you mean by a quiet story,
1: for those um, quiet,
2: that, for those listeners that don't know for sure what that is in children's genre?
1: I think, so quiet books, I think it leaves you with a mood you, you experience the book, you experience the story, um, and and I think you come across with an emotion that, that touches your heart, and it gives you a new understanding, either of yourself or of the world, or both.
2: How I understand quiet in children's genre, to some extent, is how it affects the children, the the children that the books are read to or that they read themselves so yeah it's an emotional um, uh, result if you will that's how I understand it is that right yes
1: I think so um, an example that comes to mind by um, an author Derek Wilder who's here in the Carolinas he writes both and so he wrote this lovely book called *The Longest Let's Go Boy*, which is super quiet and it's so sweet. And it's about the dog's last day on Earth, and it, it's just beautiful. And his latest book is titled *Does a Bulldozer Have a Butt*. So those are like two very, like polar opposite kinds of books that the one you know one person writes. So I think that just shows the contrast a lot, <laughs> like quiet yeah, yeah. versus not quiet
0: mm-hmm.
1: but both are delightful in their own ways
0: yeah so quiet books are kind of more reflective um yeah. and kind of those deeper emotions Maybe a little bit better as a bedtime story than like the bouncy giggly disabled exactly. <laughs> <on my> but
1: <laughs> exactly i i would consider like all those you know traditional bedtime stories that are super calm and mm-hmm. reassuring are
0: quiet books. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Yeah. So it's been quite a journey to, you know, from when your kids were a little bitty, starting the story and then learning more about children's publishing and writing a bunch of other stuff. Um, so I, yeah, it's been quite a journey to get to publication. Um, and that's got to involve a certain amount of, like, persistence and, and pivoting, doesn't it?
1: Yes, definitely. So when I was hearing that this this particular manuscript was just too quiet, I started writing other types of manuscripts. So I do have um, two other books that have been published, but they're early readers. Mm-hmm. And they're not particularly quiet at all. <laughs> um, you know, they're, they're fun stories that also have an underlying... Um, message and theme to them. And so I pivoted that way. I also looked into other genres. Um, I studied surrealism in graduate school, so I found magical realism very similar to that. So I started reading more magical realism, and I wrote a middle grade magical realism manuscript. Um, I also um, explored fantasy, so I wrote a fantasy middle grade manuscript. think what else then between that and now um yeah so but also during that time not only did i i um look at different genres to explore but also took the time to go to more conferences and learn my craft and i was living in belgium at the time so couldn't go to the big new york scbwi conference or in la but um the SCBWI European chapters, they started their own big conferences. So I started doing those. And then there are lots of webinar opportunities as well, being, um, being abroad and finding the community, you know, um, there are actually quite a few expats in Europe and, you know, enough to have these chapters and to get together and to do critique groups. So uh, I found that extremely helpful because there's always more to learn and discover. And even now, you know, I continue to, to do the webinars and the conferences and critique groups. Um, and that it's not just networking, I believe. I mean, it's, it might start off feeling like that, but in the end, the kidlet community is so fabulous and supportive. It's just, you know, a great source of friendship and support as well. It was very, sometimes very complicated publishing journey.
0: hmm yeah definitely so i mean some there's a lot of lessons i think we can take away from this and sometimes where i see a lot of newer writers get stuck for a few years um is where they write the one thing that inspired them to start writing and they polish it and polish it and they you know put it out or put out they query it they try and try and they focus only on that one thing when maybe it's time to start trying some other things. That doesn't mean that it goes away forever, obviously. Right. Um, but sometimes it, the first book isn't the book or the first book isn't the first book that gets published.
1: Exactly, and in fact, the way I got my agent was, I actually um, queried her with a, with one of my middle grade manuscripts. Yeah. And um, she really liked my writing and then asked if I also by chance wrote picture books. And so I could send her three different ones. Um, The other two weren't very quiet because I was thinking, well, no one's going to want quiet books, but I still threw in the Teddy manuscript in that batch of three that I sent her. And that's the one she loved and signed me on. So it's great to have a whole basket of different Manuscripts that you've worked on, because you never know what's really going to catch someone's interest and attention.
2: That's really good advice. Um, regardless of of the genre you you are most passionate about, that's really good advice to all writers. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, having like a, because you've developed your range now. It's not yeah. just this one narrow thing. You've learned to write a lot of different styles, a lot of different age groups. Um, and it's made you stronger as a writer, I'm sure.
1: Oh, yeah, because no matter what genre you're reading or writing, it can influence how you think about writing, how you think about story, how it manifests in your head and comes out
2: on the page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the writing fundamentals are the writing fundamentals regardless of the genre and the goal so yeah you've set yourself up really well with a lot of good tools a lot of strong abilities and
0: um options 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 exactly yes (laughs) great yeah great um so one thing i know we kind of talked a little bit about in sort of a pre-chat was about um, another place where people um maybe get stuck or disappointed is trying to chase a trend um exactly oh yeah that's that's that is very problematic
1: <laughs> because by the time you learn about a particular trend and and improve your craft to write to that trend that trend's gonna be long gone by the time you query it, by the time it goes to publication, because that all takes a lot of time, even years. So um, I would say if you're interested in a particular genre that's coming out and that's like, you know, a big trend, go for it. You know, if you enjoy it, write it, but don't expect that you're gonna catch this first wave of it. Trends do have a way of coming back around. So in that, respect when it comes back around you'll be ready to to submit your work um but it's it goes too fast um to to jump on the the trend but don't you do you you agree
2: do you agree michelle that you should keep that material on hand like you did so that when someone says or when the trend comes back around Mm -hmm. you've got work to share do you agree with that oh absolutely because when i was uh, first querying
1: Quiet books were not a trend. Everybody wanted these like really action-packed, hilarious um, books, which is great. I I mean, we need every type of book, right? But that was just something that everybody was asking for at the time. But now in the last couple of years, editors have been asking for quiet books. I think we need that comfort in the world with everything that's been going on and feeling constantly unsettled um, that children and adults alike, needs
2: something comforting to read positively and that's a really good way to describe um, <clears throat> uh, you know keeping your material whether it's it's really popular right now or not keeping it on hand keeping it fresh keeping it up to date so that you have it ready when someone or when a trend has come around but um, how do you keep yourself I would say energized when the trends are, you know, on downward for a particular type of work. Um, How did you stay all these years? You mentioned early on that you wrote the, this book, Teddy, when your children were young, now they're in college. How did you, how did you keep, um, um, how did you keep it alive inside of you? So that was interesting to you. Is there anything in particular that drove your persistence and so forth?
1: I just kept writing what I felt was inside me to write, what interested me. Nice. Um, so for example, when we were in Belgium, I wrote a middle grade manuscript where René Magritte, the Belgian surrealist, is, is a character in that. And I enjoyed every bit of writing that book and and researching it and hanging out in Brussels at the cafe where Magritte sold his paintings and played chess and, and so I found just, I just followed my interest, actually, and just enjoyed it, so I wrote that, and then my daughters were really into, one in particular is really into the environment and marine life, so I have this underwater fantasy manuscript, and again, I just loved it. You have to love what you're doing. You have to love what you're writing, because there's no guarantee that anyone else is ever going to read it, that it will ever be published, so if you're not enjoying it, then I, don't, I It's too bad, (laughs) it's just too bad. Because, you know, so the magical realism story that I wrote, I absolutely love it. And I I do want to continue to work on it. But at the same time, when I think about it, I'm not disappointed that it hasn't been published yet because it was such a thrill to write. And I think we have to find our joy and follow that. And I love art. So I've researched lots of artists over the years and I've been writing picture book biography on artists and now that um, the market for PB bios is kind of on the downswing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a little unfortunate um, for me, but at the same time, I've just enjoyed it and I have all these manuscripts so that when, you know, if it comes mm-hmm. back around or if someone's looking for a particular female artist, PB bio written in verse, I've got it right here, you know? So again, you you just, you have to follow your heart and then it comes out sincere and authentic and not forced just because you're trying to slip yourself into Mm -hmm. a trend in the market.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The forced feeling like you can tell, um, it's like chasing trends. Um, in some cases if you self publish and you are able to write fast, you can chase a trend, but if you don't actually love that trend, it is Mm going to show up. Yeah.
2: That's great mm-hmm. advice, Michelle. Follow your heart, yeah. and it does come out in the writing. It does yeah. come through in the writing. You know, when a reader when a reader reads it, they may not be able to put their finger on it, but when a, the writer who has followed their passion, uh, followed their heart, as you said, that comes through in the writing, and that really adds to the, the total dimension of the the final product. Wonderful advice.
0: Thanks. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so Michelle, do you want to talk a little bit about um, some of your launch strategy for this book? Um, which has had to pivot a little bit too.
1: Yeah. I've been pivoting quite a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um, well there's been COVID there's been supply chain issues, uh, and all that. And there's just so many things out of, out of your control. So you do your best. Um, so as a team, um, Enchanted Line and I, for um, for the launch, so we first discussed um, that I would, you know, be in charge obviously of local events. So I've reached out to my local bookstores um, and other stores that, that carry um, children's books, you know, in Charlotte and the greater area. So I've been doing that. Um, Enchanted Line did do an unboxing video on TikTok, which was great because I'm not on TikTok, but my kids are, so that was kind mm-hmm. of fun to come across. Um, also, I was I was in Brooklyn in October, so we did um, some promo photographs and a video, um, so that they'll be able to share that around the launch time. Um, let's see, what else have we been doing? Um, the, you know even though with all the pivots um because i you know planned certain events when i thought my release date would be earlier a couple months ago but um still as a team enchanted line has been wonderful getting books to um some of those events early so i've actually had um like a pre-launch um event at my local bookstore which was fabulous and loads of fun and and everything, so we're we'll still be we'll still be able to do that, and, and some other events. Um, just working hard, getting folks where they need to be, and still being able to keep some of those events that I had already planned, um, and also the um, the art director, the art team. Um, Gave me like a really nice activity sheet to have for the kids at the um, at the book launch, and I can use that for school visits, and they'll have that on their website. So,
0: yeah, yeah. So, a lot of a lot of stuff, and um, and you've adapted really well as circumstances have changed. I think <laughs> um, I guess some lessons to can take away is You can make all the plans in the world, um. And then just get a little creative um, if right. things change, like you said that now it's a it's a, like a pre-launch um, events at bookstores. Yeah.
1: Like that. So so yeah. So that was a couple weeks ago, and also um, I reached out to a lot of my friends in the kid Light community and friends of friends. Again, it's such a supportive atmosphere um, to do a blog tour. So I did. So I've been. The blog tour that I had originally planned for like a month leading up to a release date has just been stretched. So I've added more dates, added more um, interviews and things like that to kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, pull it around (laughs) until it actually does release. And everyone's been really great, very flexible if necessary, um, or connecting me with someone else to, to do another interview. So it's all worked out in the end, but it I don't know. I guess it's personality type because I really like to know what's happening and when. So when things don't do that, first have a, a quick panic um, moment, uh, but then you know, change gears and and ask myself, okay, how can we deal with this? What's the solution? And then you go you go for it, mm-hmm. and everything always ends
2: up fine in the end. <laughs> yes, it does. I, I found that I learned that early on as a parent, and it- yeah. <laughs> and even with adult children like we have, um, you still kind of have those moments where you had a plan and things yeah. change and um, yeah. So yeah, and you can apply that um, that method to, to uh, publishing being a writer as well. So yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, well, um, Joy, did you have any additional questions you wanted to ask Michelle? A couple of them, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I asked you about how you maintain your
2: persistence and, and so forth, and you mentioned passion, and that's, that's absolutely um, important, but do you do anything um, in that realm of, like, uh, health and wellness, taking care of yourself? What sort of things do you do so that, you know, you, you are on your game, but so you're healthy enough to be you know, the writer and able to pivot and, you know, handle the ups and downs. Do you do anything in particular? I mean, what what kind of things um, su- sustain you as a person and then, then you apply to your writing world? Uh, um, well, actually every morning I have to get up and
1: exercise. I have to, mm. I do Tai Chi and Qigong and some yoga. Um, I, I have to do that. Um, and that is not only for like personal health reasons, um, but also for my mind, to clear my mind, to get focused for the day. So after that, and then I, I take long walks with the dog a couple of times during the day, because I, I need that break and I need that rest. Um, balance is key, absolutely. I have to find my balance and it's taken me years to um, learn a new balance. Um, Actually, so to be able to preserve the energy I need to write, I really do have to prioritize um, sleep and exercise and eating well. Because um, my body will tell me if I'm not doing it right, you know, <laughs> like arthritis, it kind of flares up and the fatigue starts um, kicking in. And so, um, yeah, you have to take care of your body and your mind, or there's nothing going. To be on the page
2: wonderful advice yeah mm-hmm. and you have to be persistent about that as well yes it really fantastic it, that's really great to hear because it does yeah. apply it does make you a better writer to take care of yourself um you know up and away from the desk yeah that's great um what's next for you is my only other question what's going on what's in the what's in the hopper oh well i have well some of those
1: picture book biographies are on submission and I'm actually finishing up a verse novel, a middle grade verse novel, um, that I have told myself to send back to my agent um, by the, oh, well, before um, December. And I'm just about there. I'm gonna read through it again today. Um, so I will see. So my first publications were actually poetry for adults. Mm. And so working on this verse novel the past couple years has, again, just, been so enjoyable because it goes back to my love of poetry and just getting back into that realm again. It's been
2: wonderful. So that's exciting. Really Very out. exciting. Lots to look forward to.
0: That's really nice.
1: Yeah.
0: Congratulations. Thank you. Absolutely. Um so do you have any parting uh words of advice you'd like to give listeners? Uh, yes,
1: <laughs> I do. I was thinking about this question because um, over the years, um, you know, in between we talked about like, how do you keep going when, you know, it feels like nothing's happening. And there were years when literally every month I check in with myself and ask myself, okay, when do I quit? You're like, when do I say this is enough? And every time something came up Maybe it was something a critique partner said or something I read or something I heard. It was just enough to keep me going one more month. And so I did, and I'm really glad I did because um, if it's it's in you and you're feeling that drive to write, it's for a reason. Mm -hmm. So I guess my parting words, really I just wanna tell whoever needs to hear it right now, just keep going, you got this? Mm It'll happen when it happens.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Great parting words. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us. Um, would you like to tell folks where we can find you and um, all of your work online? Yes. Um, so you can go to my website.
1: It's very easy. It's just authormichellenott.com. And um, I'm on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I have a Facebook page called Michelle's Kidlit Bookshelf. So I talk about um, different books I come across and share book news. Also, if you sign up for my newsletter, um, I do weekly or sometimes bi-weekly if I'm busy, sorry, (laughs) um, picture book reviews that come with an extension activity. Um, so if you sign up, you'll get um, notice of those, but then I I also post them on social media as well. So I find um, that's really helpful for teachers and parents, any caregivers who's looking for a good book and a little activity to do afterwards. Um, so you can find me there. Yeah, and I'm, um, you can always reach out. You can go to my contact page on my website if you have any questions or, or anything about KidLit. I'm, I'm happy to share, I'm happy to um, connect.
0: Yeah. Great, and we will have links in the show notes. So you can come and uh, check out uh, what Michelle does. And of course, now out, Teddy, let's go.
1: Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Connie. Thank you, Joy, for having me. It's such a pleasure. I, I love your podcast. I've been listening to Authoring
0: Onward.
1: I just, it's wonderful. So thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. And you're welcome. This yeah. was great. Very good, Michelle. Thank you so yeah. much for coming on. My pleasure. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, And as kind of an update good on Michelle, she did let me know later that she met her personal goal of getting her her next book turned in to her agent before the holidays. So, you know, if you are, we've still got a little bit of time, if you're trying to meet a personal writing goal yourself, then great, keep going. But if you kind of reach your point where you are exhausted and the holidays are encroaching and you don't quite meet that personal goal, um, just a little pop talk in advance, that's okay. All progress is better than no progress. And, you know, take this time at the end of the year to reflect on the things that you've done well in 2022. It's really easy at this time of year to start thinking about the things that we haven't accomplished, that we wanted to accomplish, but it's more productive really to Focus mostly on your wins before you start focusing on the things you want to improve for the next year. Um, So that brings me into the like bazillion announcements we have here in this last episode. Um, I didn't want to include in the intro because the intro was already about three minutes long. But uh, if you are waiting for the updated version of the Messy Author Planner, that's coming really soon. Speaking of things that, you know, you're trying to get done before the holiday season. So if you are listening to this at a later date than it comes out, um, I will add this to the show notes as soon as I get that 2023 version ready to go. And the undated version of the Messy Author Planner is always available. So you can start planning at any time in the year. Um, I'll also link a few back as episodes about, you know, end of year, beginning of year planning if that's something that you want to listen to at this time of year. Um, Also, uh, I've just published my um, next mystery, or I guess most current mystery, novella, Calamity at the Christmas Concert. Uh, That's been keeping me fairly busy, along with all the other things that I do. So link to that in the show notes as well. And we've got some other good links from Joy. She is still got her contest ongoing if you want to enter that and to win some fun magnets and more. And she has a new well rider wellness gift pack on her website. So link to that as well. And we are both booking for January for editing and coaching clients. So reach out. Um, I know in my own process, you don't have to already have the whole manuscript. You don't have to be totally ready to go to get on the calendar for 2023. Um, just reach out and we can, you know, I can do a sample edit and, um, or Joy can talk to you in the way that she needs to, to communicate and see if y'all are a good fit. So until next year, I think that's everything. Happy writing folks.